Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Sisters and brothers, we have found footage. We have indeed found footage. We have even found found footage. That's the amazing part, because I guess all the other movies were just full of footage, but this one was full of found footage. It's not so much found as it is presented footage. Yeah, it is, but... But yes, it definitely qualifies. And we weren't even trying. I went to our list of movies that we wanted to see, that ones that I've been adding to a to-do list since last year, and Afflicted was on the list. Today we watched Afflicted. We did indeed. And I did not know it was going to be found footage, so hallelujah! So Afflicted is the story of Cliff and Derek, who are childhood friends, and now they're all grown up, and they're going on a year-long trip around the world. And tragically... Tragic. Derek has this diagnosis of AVM, and I don't remember what the AVM stands for. It involves ventricles. Yes, basically it's that there's a whole lot of blood vessels in his brain that could rupture at any time and kill him. So he's doing this despite his family not wanting him to, because he has to go live his life while he can. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. And his friend Cliff takes him on this trip. And I know we always talk about how there's spoilers, but I want to say I haven't, we didn't watch the whole trailer for this, so I don't know if it spoils this, but the whole overall concept of the movie was a surprise to me. Yeah, me too. So if you watch these movies and sometimes you're like, ah, I'll listen and then I'll watch afterwards. This is one you want to watch before you listen for sure. Yeah, because I did not know what we were getting into. This little synopsis on IMDb and whatever was something along the lines of he gets a horrible disease and suffers with it throughout the trip. I didn't even know that much. Like literally all I knew was that they were going to go on a trip. And I'm like (laughs) envisioning all of the many, many people traveling around the world and being eaten by whatever monster lives in those places. Yeah. So I was not at all expecting this. In fact, there was a point, actually things had sort of started to happen, but I still, I was like, I have no idea where this movie is going, which was super fun because (laughs) there was so much potential and it was being done very well. Honestly, I'm like, this is moving really fast. You even said that. Yeah, really. Like, things are happening very quickly. We're very early in the movie. I'm like, I don't even know where this movie has left to go at this point. Yeah. And, ooh, they had lots of places left to go. Yeah, because it wasn't even the type of movie I was expecting. Like, I mean, it's pretty original, but it's also, I mean, I guess we're spoiling it now, so you okay, missed your shot. Last chance. Go watch this movie. Okay. Now that you're back, this is a vampire movie. It's a vampire movie. And it's, I mean, I guess the whole idea is they're taking the vampire story and giving you that first person found footage kind of like, what if it was real thing? You know, like, how would you deal with all these things that, you know, in in normal vampire movies, they're all like very supernatural. And 
they are here, but they're like real supernatural, you it's, know? It's like you said, it's the first person. It's not third person telling a story about something that doesn't, yeah. you know, that's over there. And it's not the vampires are the mysterious unknown thing attacking right. us. We are the vampires or, you know, the yeah. main character, the hero of the movie is becoming a vampire and dealing with, like you said, all of those realities. And what does it actually mean to suddenly not be able to be in the sun and to <laughs> yeah. suddenly not be able to eat any food and, and like trying to figure out, okay, what can I eat so that I don't die? So I don't continue getting sicker and sicker but so that I'm not immediately going to eating the nearest human. Yeah. You know, and it was, yeah, it was, it takes the vampire story from a much more personal, connected to the vampire perspective. And it's not the first time that's been done, but mm. this, it was a good example of it being done. Well, and it's, it's got more reality to it than usually you get. Like these people kind of be like, reluctantly oh i don't want to eat people but ha ah, i'm eating you and this yeah. guy was really he was like a real person who was like there's no way i'm ever going to eat a person and eventually spoiler he gets kind of thrown into it well and i mean ultimately he does but he only does it when it's at that point like that the um, the other vampire there is one other vampire in the movie her name is audrey she's the one who bites him and she tells him much later in the movie like your body will not let you starve so the point where he kind of betrays his own ethics he doesn't do it. Yeah. He's willing to die. Loses and his, his mind. Right. His body takes over and just eats the nearest thing. Well, nearest human because- <laughs> Only people. Eating other things doesn't work. He tried it. So, yeah, it, it's- he maintains his ethics in a way that- Like, I'm thinking of, um, you know, like, Interview with a Vampire- Mm -hmm. tried to do this same thing where you are, you know, the vampires are the main characters. There yeah, are flawed heroes, them. but you don't really like them because they're <laughs> still vampires and they're still going around killing people. Yeah. Even Angel and Spike and all the vampires in Buffy, even they are never truly heroes. These scenes where he's trying all the different things, mm -hmm. that was where the movie became a superhero movie. It was exactly like Claire Bennett with her oh, yeah. videos of falling off a bridge attempts right jump <laughs> jumping off the bridge and he was like this is strength test number one and he picks up a car and it was interesting he smashes through a huge boulder yeah. and they you know they did that whole thing and it was it was weird like it was combination of taking a vampire movie and making it real but also making it cartoony and comic booky at the same time because this was just like a superhero movie in parts yeah for that for that bit. And through all of that, I think all of those superhero elements that he was gaining because of this vampire disease that he had, he was able to kind of deny. Like he's like, "No, I f I feel great. Look <laughs> at what I can do. Like I'm I'm so strong and healthy." Well, at the same time he couldn't eat or sleep or, you know, do any basic yeah. human functions. Yeah. And his friend is watching all of this happening and, you know, I I was trying to put myself in his friend's head where I'm like, "Okay, Obviously, you can lift a car. That seems to indicate that you're doing okay. But then you take one bite of spaghetti and you like <laughs> spew all over the restaurant. Yeah. That seems to indicate that perhaps we should go see a doctor. Yeah, he was very against hospitals. And I understand the reasoning. But man, when your face starts burning off, it's like, maybe let's see what they could do. Yeah. 
Well, I think he moved from, I don't want to go to the hospitals because it might be my brain aneurysm doing its thing and they won't let me leave. Mm -hmm. And that kind of slid right into, I don't want to go to the hospital because I am now a freak of nature and they won't (laughs) let me leave. (laughs) It's very possible. Like at no point did he feel like going to the hospital was going to help him long term yeah um and and then there was the part where i don't want to go to the hospital because interpol is tracking me and they're going to arrest (laughs) me right because i showed my id at the blood bank and now they know who i am (laughs) at the very beginning cliff the friend says something about being glad that that derek is going on this trip so that he doesn't look back and and wish he had done something or regret that he hadn't done this thing that he wanted to do. And I wrote down the question, what do you think you'll look back on and wish you had done? Boy, oh boy. I think the only thing for me is creating things. Like there's infinity more things I could make, games and board games and whatever, and podcasts. <laughs> and I think that's the only thing that I would miss. I want to live forever for the purpose, well, not for the purpose of creating stuff, for the purpose of experiencing stuff. Like, not necessarily like this, like vacation around the world, but just what's happening in the world, you know? How is humanity evolving? What's going on? I don't want to miss that. I want to know what's going on. And so that's a thing I will miss. And the other thing is creating stuff. Like, I don't, for me, it's not something like this. Like, I don't need to go to Italy, but I would like to make more stuff. So what's on your bucket list then? Oh, So I think I too will wish I had experienced more things. Not so much because I don't experience things now. Like, I think I do. I could do more. But because there are so many things to experience and there are no matter what. Like, even if I spend the rest of my life traveling and and Mm -hmm. looking for things to experience, there are going to be so many things I don't get a chance to do. I know. I want to see every movie and read every book <laughs> but not climb every mountain no <laughs> no i don't want to do that but i think i think the one that i really want to work on is traveling to various places like just going to new places and seeing the things that you read about and you see in movies because then you come back and you're watching a movie and you're uh-huh. like hey they're in Paris. I know that because I saw that with my own eyes. Or, ooh, that looks like London. And then it turns out it is. And I'm like, cha-ching. Or you could be like, that looks like Vancouver. And so does that. And so does that. <laughs> well, if you're going to be like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not really possible to get to the end of your life and not have things that you wish you had done, sure, right? I think so. So then this movie and many other movies, but but particularly vampire movies, tend to tackle that idea of, well, would eternal life be better? And in this movie, truly, apparently, eternal life because they couldn't die at all. No, there was nothing. Like they ran through a whole bunch of the, you know, the myths. Mm-hmm. You, he, I wonder what would happen if he stayed out in the sun and he would could be like so sad. <laughs> to, to the point where like his body couldn't get to something that yeah. wasn't sun. Like like what would happen there? Well, I I, I mean, I wrote down is what happens if you decapitate him? I mean, at that point you at least have to decide which part of him gets to live unless it just means there's two of him now, which is like a caterpillar. Yeah. I don't know. There were some unanswered up. questions in this movie, but yeah. but generally what was presented to us was they are incapable of dying. And I feel like also this movie in general was presenting the idea that eternal life was not all it was cracked up didn't, to be. 
I mean, if you have to kill people all the time, it's not super cool. That's true. There was a trade-off, and this one didn't specifically say eternal life is bad. It was eternal life where you have to murder someone every five days is bad. <laughs> that would be quite a... I mean, that's a schedule you got to keep. That's that not great. That, that is a pretty strong schedule. And I did like when she ran him through with a wooden stake and was mm. like, I could tell when she did it. I'm like, oh, I know how this mm -hmm. is going to go. I totally thought she was going to say, those are fairy tales, sure. idiot. Sure. Because, I mean, they are the kind of things, like all the other stuff that they mentioned at one point, they're like, oh, you probably can turn into a mist or a bat. And he's like, I don't know how, but <laughs> you can't because those are goofy fairy tale ideas. They're not as simple and plausible, I guess, as the regular stuff that you get burned by the sun and mm -hmm. feed on blood. Like, those are things that are possible. Mm -hmm. So that was, I liked that the staking part. Yeah. So the best line in this movie? Yes. I believe the best line in this movie actually came from the discussion around the myths of vampirism. <laughs> yeah. Cliff is looking things up and he's saying things like, you know, it says you should be able to turn into a mist, which is funny because I've heard that one before. Yeah. I've seen it in other movies and I've just sort of been like, okay, that's the thing vampires do. And then when Cliff said it, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, <laughs> no, it's what? Ridiculous. How? Like, that's not, he's not going to be able to do that. Like, immediately, I was like, that's ridiculous. So, but Cliff is presenting these ideas. And when Derek is kind of annoyed by it, Cliff says, I'm just trying to harness the power of the internet to help you with your vampire problem, <laughs> yeah. which is a hilarious line for some reason. <laughs> even more hilarious when you hear it within the context of that conversation which yeah. i thought was well done yeah i liked derek's response to it which was visual so you'll have to watch the movie <laughs> i liked how these two actors portrayed these characters i liked how they were written i believe the actors were also the ones who wrote yeah okay yeah. they wrote it and they directed it as well mm -hmm. so i feel like these two guys deserve a lot of props because they this was um, well done in a lot of areas that they had their fingers in. Yeah, and I think they weren't like obnoxious characters or douchey or anything. They were decent people. Well, they which... were Canadians. Oh, right. That <laughs> explains the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, though. They were they were very decent people. Like, they were just the kind of guys you'd be like, oh, I'd hang out with them. Yeah. They had a very healthy friendship relationship, I think. Like, it was fun to see them taking care of each other or trying to take care of each other, yeah. even in the midst of all of this chaos and, and badness that was going on. And the way this movie begins feels legitimate as found footage. Like, it's... They're putting together this thing and they do it very professionally, which it makes sense in the movie because they're professional mm -hmm. filmmaker guys. And they're putting together, you know, a travel documentary about this year long trip around the world. And we're kind of seeing it as they're putting it together and put posting it online and stuff. Right. And I think it really worked more than almost any other found footage movie I've seen as far as making sense and mm -hmm. why they're filming. It went too far towards the end when Derek's by himself and he's got a camera strapped to his stomach. And <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right. It's pretty extreme, but... It was, and th there were times, too, where, like, things would get posted. Like, they posted the video footage I of him. wrote this down. Like, Base, almost killing those two guys outside the hospital. Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, don't, you could edit that. Like, yeah. you don't have to post everything that happens to you. <laughs> Maybe skip the felonies and we'll right? be better. Um, so it seemed like, like there were things 
that in real life they would have decided maybe not. But for the sake of the story, they had to post it. Which leads to a thing early on when it was looking like a travelogue and, you know, we were seeing them doing their thing. They kept having scenes like they talked to the camera and they'd be like, the footage we're getting is phenomenal, which is not. That's behind the scenes stuff. Right. And I was like, are we seeing just the stuff they're recording or are we seeing what they're posting? Because that's not what they'd post. They'd post the phenomenal footage, not the stuff where they talk about how it's phenomenal. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. I Yeah. If you were to, if you really dig down into the logic of it, it's, <laughs> it's a little illogical. So maybe we don't do that. Um, at the beginning, I was, I think part of my real confusion about where the movie was going was that at the beginning, they said something about how, you know, it's this ends of the earth travel blog. And they're like, oh, so sending your ideas of what you think we should yeah, do, crazy like stuff. whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. And immediately I was like, oh, this is how they're going to get into trouble. Like somehow, yeah, that'd be interesting. you know, they're going to be dared to go to Chernobyl or <laughs> <laughs> run into um, the camera crew for the other movie. Right. Or, you know, it's going to turn into one of those, um, what are those movies called where there's a bunch of teenagers being told they have to do something and then if they don't oh. do it, then they, yeah, somehow they die. I don't know that there's a term for that. No, but there were not what kind of movies. There are oh. movies. I, I don't know what those movies are called. They came out like last year or the year before. Well, truth or Dare. Maybe. I feel like there was something else, though. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I feel like there was kind of a rash of those movies because it's very internet based. Like it's very social yes. media based. Oh, yeah. It's and, like a Twitch stream. Yes. And this this took that idea, you know, the more modernized, this is how we communicate in the world and and used that to its advantage in making a found footage movie, which was kind of nice. Yeah. And they didn't go with that kind of concept at all. They kind of threw that by the wayside and we're just like here's us doing our fun thing right don't worry about the whole dares thing that's not happening right and ultimately i think like the people who were commenting on it were probably a lot of their friends and family yeah. anyway because they all seem to be very concerned about Derek, and nobody was like <laughs> go eat a slug you well know? again they were canadian right Those canadians are so awesome <laughs> you know i said i really liked their friendship and i thought that they you know it it was presented well in terms of a male friendship. It did get a little codependent toward the end as, you know, Cliff is trying to get Derek to go to the hospital. Derek is refusing. It becomes very evident that Derek needs human blood and he, you know, looks like he's dying. And so Cliff, like, gets him some of his own human blood. And at that point, I'm like, you know, being a good friend is important. But... <laughs> They're really, you have to have boundaries with your friends. Is the boundary your skin? I mean, I feel like that's a good place to start. <laughs> huh. I don't know. It seems. I, I feel like that. I thought that was very good and Canadian of him. I mean, he's I mean, like, it... I've got all this blood. You need blood. I, I'm, I'm torn because I do understand how it was like a logical next step. It was definitely him like. Uh -huh. Here's so you don't have to go kill somebody. Yeah. But also all I could think is he was like getting, you know, a quarter cup of blood, <laughs> yeah. which is actually quite a bit of blood. Yeah. 
But, like, a quarter cup of blood, I'm like, oh, dude, that's not going to do it. Like, he's just going to get a taste for you at that point. Yeah, that's not great for anybody. Yeah, and that didn't even happen because he didn't even get to taste the quarter cup of blood. He just went straight for the source. Yeah, because at that point, he was a monster. He was a monster. He was not He was not Derek in Derek's brain at that point. Yeah, and they, Audrey... The evil vampire explained that to him at the end of the movie. Like, if you don't feed, your body will just feed for you when you can't function anymore. So that's what happens. Which I liked how they told the story and how they filmed that because I knew that already. Like she she verified it, but I it was very apparent in kind of the um decay of Derek as you know, as days went by, you were seeing that it was less and less Derek and more and more this monster, both visually and behaviorally. Yeah. It was very well done. I did like at one point um vampire monster Derek. He's like deep in the throes, probably the furthest past eating that he was in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And he leaves the hotel room like he it sort of seems like his his body takes over and he starts to like yeah. run around the city and trying to find but something. put on a shirt first. But he remembered to get dressed first, which <laughs> was, I don't know, interesting. It's it was interesting. interesting. Choice. Yeah. So basically this movie makes you think about how we tend to prioritize survival over everything else. And while we were watching it, you mentioned the book I seem to talk about constantly this oh, year. Yes. Which... Is called Being Mortal, and it... Which Derek was not. No, Derek was not anymore. But it's it's a nonfiction book about end-of-life um, quality, basically. Quality of life, decision-making at the end of life, um, you know, how we treat people at the end of life, nursing homes, hospitals, all of that, hospice care, all of that. And that's really something that this book talks about a lot, is that we prioritize being alive over having quality of life. Yes. And this really, like, is the extreme version of that. Like, he's going to be alive forever, (laughs) and his quality of life has, I mean, ultimately, four out of five days, he he could probably have really great quality of life, but every Mm. fifth day, he has to murder someone in order to... Not yeah. turn into somebody who murders every single day. Like I don't know, going not going outside anytime there's sun is kind of true, yeah. and not eating anything but human blood. Like yeah, yeah. So I his, would make me so sad. So his quality of life has been pretty trashed, but he's gonna live forever. And yeah. I think this this movie is sort of in line with that book in that extending life when that life is not worth living is not the right choice. And clearly. Some part of that is in the theme to this movie, because I said that at the very beginning of the movie, when there was nothing vampiric to be seen. Right, when we had just learned about his AVM and how... He was choosing to take this trip around the world. Right, and his mom wanted him to stay home so that he would be safe. And he's like, if I'm going to die, I want to get this done. I want to do something with my life, rather than just extend my life as long as possible right and that's the really what that book is talking about like the nursing homes where everything is so safe and so uh scheduled and Mm -hmm. locked down that people theoretically live very long but have terrible quality and actually you know i don't remember all the exact statistics but 
but ultimately don't tend to live that much longer than people who and are happy the in their riskier life choices. Yeah. yeah, because if you let them go on walks wherever they want and whatever, they could fall down and get hurt. But they actually live longer or at least as long, because they're happy and they, and they want, want to, to live. live. <laughs> right, right. Because people who are being curtailed to the point of not enjoying life stop fighting to live, basically. Like, yeah. uh, and almost on a cellular level, that's not what it said in the book, that's me. <laughs> like, I, I think almost, you know, on like this atomic level, you stop yeah. wanting to keep going. So, I think that's a thing. Which then is interesting in terms of this, in terms of this movie, if we kind of extrapolate out, like Audrey and Derek now are going to have to continue living. And what is that going to do to their desire to continue living? Like, what happens then? What happens when it, um, an immortal <laughs> vampire loses its will to live? Well, I mean, that was something I was thinking about was like, they were saying, oh, you can never die. So you're going to have to do this. And I'm like, well, one thing you could do is be locked in a box or at the bottom of the ocean or something where this couldn't happen. And the question then is, what is it actually like when you're in monster mode? Like, are you just gone? Because then, okay, might as well be dead. Problem solved. Or are you very unhappy right, <laughs> running are you around trapped desperately in this hungry? Brain. Uh-huh. <laughs> so not good. Which, speaking of brain, brings to mind, you know, you talked about how the mist didn't make any sense in the mm -hmm. real world. When he shot himself, Derek blew his brains out and he came back to life as I knew he would. I'm like, you know, I can understand his body building all that material back together. That's possible. But that would be a new brain. That wouldn't be his <laughs> brain. He'd be like, who am I? <laughs> um, I hadn't thought of that. And I think you're right. And It's kind of like Deadpool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I guess there's some kind of cellular memory. Vampires, they're crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Ratings. So in rating this movie, I give it very high marks in terms of production values, um, writing, the directing, the acting, like all of it. This was a high quality movie. Mm -hmm. It was enjoyable to watch. There was a point during the fight toward the end, one of the many fights toward the end that he had, where, you know, it's sort of dark and there's the camera lighting and everything, you know, the what you can see is kind of flashing around and everything uh -huh. is sideways when the camera falls. And it, it's hard to interpret what you're looking at. And I found myself losing interest. Because I don't like those scenes. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like watching fight scenes. Just tell me there's going to be a fight, then tell me who won. Like, I don't <laughs> need to see a blow by blow. Sort of like why I don't like to watch football. Like, it's not yeah. interesting to me. Well, and those scenes, by that point in the movie, it was, you know, we talked about it as a first person account. It was almost literally first person. Like, there are a couple of movies that have done that where you're literally just watching his point of view move around the room and it's disorienting. Really, right. Weird. It's really hard to understand what's going on. And I sort of found myself losing interest, but at the same time, I did know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I don't like this kind of scene, but when it, when it's compared to other first person cameras flailing all around, somebody being attacked, somebody attacking, lots mm -hmm. of shooting and people and darkness and all that, this was done in such a way that you could 
tell what was going on, which is so much better than so many. I'm thinking of that one movie that we reviewed last year where they put the monsters in the um, horse corral, (laughs) the horse thing. Uh I know that one. And there was the dress and whatever. And and how there were so many shots in that movie where I'm like, this is just, like, they literally just st- stood in a dark room t- and, and like, w- waved the camera <laughs> around a whole bunch. And they yeah. were like, oh, there's a fight happening. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. They do that in a lot of found footage movies. Yeah. And so this did it much better than almost any found footage I can remember watching. Mm-hmm. The couple of things I might ding it for, you kind of have to suspend a lot of belief in order to to believe the whole travel blog. All of this information is being, I mean, and they didn't even share all of it, but like the parts that were shared, I was like, "Mm, probably not. But beyond that, I can't think of a lot I didn't like about it. Hmm. And I I enjoyed watching it. And I think people should watch it. So I am going to give this one... Four and a half plates of clam linguine out of five. That doesn't have a good ring to it. (laughs) And how about you? I was also impressed with the movie. I feel like um, where it falls down more for me is like the special effects and stuff. It's not that they were really badly done. It's just that it's always so fakey, those kind of in-camera guy jumps up on the wall kind of things. And mm-hmm. it takes me out of it. Like, not not even so much how it looks. Like, it might be exactly what a real jump looks like. But the way they follow it and track it with the camera and stuff, it's like, this is not, this isn't a real scene. This is you trying to show off a special effect. Sure. And like things where they like go behind a wall so you don't see them and then come back with blood on their face or whatever. And they're like, I know what you did there. I get it. <laughs> that's, that's not You're not fooled me. by camera trickery. <laughs> no. And stuff like that, it just feels cheesy to me. So that kind of lessens it. And then this whole thing of of all that superhero stuff was... I don't know. That's totally the opposite of what I was expecting this movie to be. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought this was going to be a grim, crunchy, wasting away disease situation. And I'm like, what is happening? Why are we watching a (laughs) vampire movie? (laughs) A vampire superhero movie. But that it was good. Like, it was a big surprise to me all around. And it was well done. But I can only give it three and a half clam linguinis out of five because it just like it's just a little too silly and lighthearted. Not it wasn't lighthearted at all, but like unreal, I guess. Like oh, this oh. this wasn't a true to life vampire movie. Well, ironically, it was probably the most <laughs> true to life vampire movie I've seen. But yeah, okay, it was okay. Th- just all that. All that stuff about, you know, let me do my strength test and smash a rock and stuff. It's just, I feel like I'm watching a film student create, you know, I, I've come up with a cool new effect. Let's show you how it's done. And that's mm. how it feels like. Like everything, everything from the vampire point on felt like that. Like when they'd smash into a wall or something, I'm like, oh, that looks like a special effect where you smashed into a wall. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm really seeing that happen, which is a tough line because you go from either that or it's like Blair Witch, where literally nothing happens except real right. stuff. You, As soon as you put a special effect in found footage, it's sketchy, and they, they put a lot in this. So that was a sort of a problem for me, I guess. You, you do tend to struggle with 
CGI anything. Like you are very sensitive to whether it looks real or not, which is interesting to me because I'm not. Like I don't have any of those issues that you have with it. In fact, as you're talking about it, I'm kind of running through and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I see what you're talking about. But in the watching of it, none of that bothered me. Yeah. But you have a much more artistic like visual arts view of the world like you that's how you um kind of filter the information coming (laughs) into your brain and i do not like i i don't tend to focus in on details like that yeah huh i've always wanted to see and have never seen the movie chronicle which is basically the same thing it's a bunch of kids suddenly develop superpowers and they're making these same kind of things where they're like, look how fast I can run or Mm -hmm. I'm smashing this thing and let's show, you know, test our powers in this way. And that really interests me because it's superhero movie and like that's where I expect that kind of thing. But in this vampire movie, that feels cheesy and superhero-y, which I want it to be in a superhero movie. That's interesting. That's funny to me. Like, aren't vampires sort of like supervillains, though? Uh, Yeah, they are. But But there's uh, a distinction for you. It's not because they're vampires. It's because this is a horror movie and it's not going to scare me if it feels silly and, you know, fun. It's going to scare me if it feels real and grounded and dirty, which is kind of the opposite of those kind of effects. Yeah, I guess I see. Huh. All right. Well... I don't know if tomorrow's movie is going to be silly or real and grounded or what, but I guess we will catch you on the... (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you all tomorrow with another great movie (laughs) review. (laughs) That's what I thought. What? I didn't even say it. Take Johnny.